Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Hooked. My microphone is on, as are my guests, and this is definitely the first time we've recorded this intro. I am... Just telling <laughs> on yourself. <laughs> oh, well, if I didn't do it, someone else would. Uh, I'm Zancy Weber, and we are here to give you lots of plot hooks to use in your role-playing games. Uh, with me tonight are... Dom Guilfoyle. And... Tully Grimley. Welcome, everyone. How are you feeling? Having oh. a lovely day. It's a, it's a new week. We're recording on a completely different week to the last one. Yeah, I'm wearing a different shirt and outfit. I've got a hat. It's fun. It is fun. Yeah. It's a fun hat. I'm hungry. More yeah, fruit than I have ever seen you wear before. Oh, yeah. I don't eat it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm strictly like raw meat only diet. That would explain the flies. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, just like the, the constant shake in my hands. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. That's, that, that part isn't a joke. Like just look at these, look at these go guys. This is that's actually frightening. It's I amazing. have an essential tremor. Hooray! That's my Welcome to a peek week. behind the curtain. Yay. <laughs> so if you're joining us for the first time, we take inspiration from a Magic the Gathering card, a random card provided by Scar Scryfall.com. Scarfall! Scarfall. Yes. I love Scar, let's do it. <laughs> and a random word found on randomwordgenerator.com, and we create some plot hooks for you to use or not use in your games. Perhaps you just get fun out of listening to a podcast. Uh, so this week, I have a getting to know you question. Now, Dom, this is an easy one for you. Uh-oh. It is. It's, what is your favourite, uh, like, a spec fiction text? That's not an easy one. It, you, you consume so much speculative yeah, fiction. Yeah, that's why it's not easy. Well, what is the last one that you've read that you've enjoyed? I'm currently reading Book Ace of the Expanse. Uh Tiamat's Wrath is the name of this one. Um, it's yeah, it's the eighth book in a sci-fi novel series. By so that that is the one that's been. It's a TV series a now. Netflix yeah. series. Uh, Amazon. A- Amazon. Amazon now. Yeah. It was it was sci-fi and then they cancelled it because they cancelled all their good things and now it's going to be on Amazon uh, Prime Video. Which you know the uh, it's a pretty good adaptation. I've only watched the first season. No, it's the first two seasons. They were on Netflix Australia for a while, but yeah, that's pretty good. And how, how true to the source material is it? Or do they go in a different direction? Uh, it's pretty It's pretty true. Like, some little little yeah. de- differences every now and again. They've merged some characters. They've brought characters in earlier that, like, um, one of the, like, a really important character who joins in the second second book, yeah, um, Christian Abbasarala, um, she is, like, one of the main characters in the first season. Like, they kind of make... It, it doesn't quite work to be honest in the first season because she doesn't have much to do because she hasn't been introduced into the main plot yet but right. but they have like focus it's like she's going to be important going forward so she's a main character it's quite good I honestly think like the books are good 
they are a little bit like they're, they're it's a yearly thing and it's two two authors like collaborating on them they kind of I feel like they a lot of the time they could use a bit more time percolating because it kind of repeats stuff sometimes right, in the books yeah, like every yeah. now and again like characters have meaningful conversations in the uh, the dining room of the ship whatever you call it like the you know the, the mess hall and one of them walks in uh, they go to the replicator they get some food they're studying the food they have a harsh a difficult conversation they put their food their food the rest of their food in the replicator and leave that's a common scene and it, sometimes it happens like the scene is 40 seconds long seemingly but like <laughs> eats the dinner and leaves during the scene it's just like they kind of kind of don't Storming out of a conversation only works if you do it rarely. It's, yeah, it's it's just like <laughs> they, I feel like yeah, it gets a bit repetitive. But the show does some stuff really well. Like the, the first the first book in particular, like it, it, the, there's not enough into into the character conflict. They all kind of right. get along yeah, pretty yeah. well. And in the show, it's a really it's the, the main character stuff in a really bad situation. And there's a lot more infighting, which is probably because right, I've watched the TV show. Yeah. I, I'm I yeah. have yet to decide whether or not I was going to read the books. But I like yeah, the books well. a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, the the TV show it's quite quite faithful, I think, for the most part. But yeah, like especially early on when things are really bad for the main characters in the book, they're all kind of just getting along because you know, like in, in the book, it's just like they've been on a ship for years, like they know each other, they're friends. Whereas in the show, they've been on a ship for years, they work together, they don't like each other. It's it's a, it's a very different vibe <laughs> they early don't on. Get along, and then they become like a family sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. yeah. And what about you, Tally? Um, definitely one I read. Um. Uh, probably a year and a bit ago. It's called The Wind-Up Girl. Um, oh, yeah. that's yeah. And it's set in um, Thailand. Uh, essentially, the oceans have risen. They've built a giant wall around areas of Thailand to keep the tides out. And this is... Um, I think it's, I, it's called biofiction or something like biotech. Um, and basically, the idea behind it is there are companies that control crops... They control what crops are released, what seeds are released. Really biopunk. Biopunk, that's the one. Biopunk. Yes. Uh, and so this is a, a society in which uh, the rich can afford fruit, can afford you know these different crops yeah. that have come out, but companies are only releasing the seeds to the farmers that'll die out the next season, so you have to buy the new ones. Wow, that doesn't happen in the real world at all. Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's this beautiful mix of action and world building mm. that gives you enough of the world that you want to keep exploring it that gives you enough of the action that it's not just uh, a book of setting yeah mm. Mm. awesome uh, well I've so just finished reading a, a collection of short stories called Rogues um, collected by uh, George R.R. R. Martin yeah, he right. has, has put some into it it's really good um, I more and more am leaning into the, the shorter fiction um, I mean one of my favourite books of all time or series of books I should say The Live Ship Traders by Robin Hobb uh, but and that is super long uh, but yeah no I highly recommend Rogues because they just go through it's just kind of a, they're picking a theme um, of which case like what is a rogue someone who isn't mm. fitting in or someone who is a criminal or what and the various different meanings that that can have across different fiction and yeah really really interesting stories so um cool i do really enjoy curated collections of stories that aren't necessarily linked but they're linked thematically yeah yeah um i guess george rr R. martin again has done a series or created a world collaboratively with a few other authors called the wild card um, world where basically something happened and alien virus people get superpowers and some people 
don't get good superpowers. Um, but it is. Did you mean misfits? Uh, <laughs> did you mean heroes? Uh, yes, but this X-Men? was written in the late eighties. <laughs> <Yeah, no. laughs> that's, um, that's being adapted, or it's like another. I believe so. Yeah. Well, and they had there's a, a book that was released. Four years ago, which is a follow-up collection of short stories, and another one mm. that's going to be released later this year, and I think it is being adapted. But yeah, yeah, and like that, the announcement of that immediately got just internet dickheads being like, "Why isn't he finishing the books? Of the, lo- the, the, the the winds of the winter? When's that coming?" It's like, well, probably because it's when not when he writes. Yeah, it. yeah <laughs> it's like probably partly because people like you are making it no fun for him anymore. Yeah. I agree. It's fine. I mean, I would have quit if I were him at this stage with people putting this much pressure on me to finish my book. I'd be yeah. like, nope, you don't get a book anymore. I would have faked a heart attack just to scare them. <laughs> <laughs> George would- R. R. Martin was rushed to hospital for no apparent reason. <laughs> yeah, no, there, was a, there was a click hole article, I think it was, where it's just like cackling George R. R. Martin burns a, f- a f- finished draft of Winds of Winter <laughs> on live stream. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Oh, good. All right, well, let's get into it. So our, our card this, this week is the Salt Road Patrol. Um, so it, it looks like it's set in a desert, uh, a heavily armoured uh, caravan or wagon of sorts with some sort of very enclosed uh, carriage. Uh, making its way through like harsh desert with sand everywhere, and it looks like it's making its way through like a giant rib cage uh, of of an of a even bigger creature. Uh, so that's that's what the card is, and our inspiration word is agony. So it's going to be a fun episode, everyone. Brace Yay. yourselves. <laughs> Be prepared for a skip through the flowers. <laughs> well, does anyone have a have a pledge that they want to throw out? I, I do. Um, so it's a it's an interesting historical thing that salt has been very important to civilizations throughout history because um, it's it's essential for you know our diet to get some sodium, but it's also a very good preservative, mm, and it has yep. been used as a currency throughout history. So my I, my concept is. Uh, it would probably need to be a lower fantasy sort of like can't just create things out of whole cloth sort of magic yeah. thing, but uh, really kind of digging into that and having like like civilizations based around salt and a, a salt war or something like a, civ- a city in a in a salt plain that uh, has the majority of the salt that is available and the conflicts that arise from that, yeah, uh, and possibly and yeah going into using. Like parties would use, would need to preserve their food using salts, and they'd need to they'd use salt as a bartering tool. I just think, yeah, just salt, guys, salt. salt. It's so good. So but, your pledge is salt. salt. My, my pledge is <laughs> like, yeah, conceptually, like for the setting, really building on the importance of one one resource yeah. and making it kind of very because it's it's versatile apart from anything else, but it's like. Making it important to all characters in this world. Yeah, like, I mean, in a regular game, currency, even in its most base coin form, is non-essential. Like, you can still barter for sheep and whatever, but if salt is not only the currency, but also integral for, like, your survival, if you you need salt to survive, you're literally consuming money. Exactly. It's like in the in the first two Metro games, 20, 30, Metro 2033 and Last Light, where you barter using bullets. It's right. Like, yeah, it's yeah. just like you can, you, yeah, they're more powerful than the regular bullets because they were made pre-apocalypse, but then you're shooting your money away. And it's just like, yeah, an interesting, I think it'd be an interesting twist on the kind of 
survival resource management stuff that often doesn't work very well, particularly in 5e. Yeah. I think that it'd be an yeah. interesting twist if you have to have that level of consideration and the fact that it's core to the world. Yeah, that's... Yeah. I really like that as a, as a mechanic. Mm. And just hope that it doesn't rain. Yes. <laughs> uh, someone you get fobbed off. Someone gives him some sugar. So it's like, oh, <laughs> oh ropeable. No. Oh. Just like you see some ants crawling into your back, and you go, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a hot second. But then the secret mechanical ants that are stealing your salt grain by grain. <laughs> we'll wait for the prestige. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to hear more about these secret mechanical ants, though. Um, okay, so my uh, my pledge is. The characters come across in a desert environment, standing alone with nothing surrounding. They come across armor stands. They have human armor stands and animal, uh, livestock armor stands with armor on top and nothing else. They discover this freestanding in the desert. Cannot stress that more importantly. So they could just walk up, take this armor, put it on. Yep. Stow it in their packs to sell later. Just free armor. Free armor. Um, the one thing is, it doesn't seem to want to move. Right. So it is like attached. Not attached to the armor stand, um, but doesn't seem to want to move from its location. Seems fairly tethered to that. Okay. So it's a mystery for them to solve. It's a mystery for them to solve. Okay. All right. So uh, I guess we'll move on to my pledge. Unless. Any- um, well, it depends how much you want me to. to go into this before we go into the... I think that's a fine pledge. Yep, cool. Uh, unless there's more that you're absolutely set on. Okay, well, I can <laughs> I can keep going then. No, let's let's dilly-dally a bit longer about Excellent. whether or not we should continue. Uh, I, I reckon we should discuss for another five minutes. Okay, what so... What if we... Hmm. <laughs> the, the goal is for your characters mm. to put on the armour. <sighs> okay. Yes. Mm. I know this is this is a something that you've got to work very hard to tempt your characters into. <laughs> yes, it's not like oh, there's just a full plate mail lying on the ground. I put it on. Hmm, what's this? Oh, what's this? You don't want to <laughs> magic or anything. Don't want to. What's this pedestal nearby with this poem written on it? Just like, look upon my works, you mighty and despair. Oh, I'm sure it's <laughs> I'm fine. I'm sure it's fine. Just armor in the middle of a desert, yep. whatever. So, our characters put on this armor, and behind them appears within the livestock armor appears. These rams that have uh, have been shown there, and the carriage. I see. Yes. And now the trap is sprung. The trap is sprung. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So my pledge uh, is is again taking inspiration from this exact scene. Now I really I really want to explain this giant rib cage that they're walking through. So it's I think enormous. Yeah. So I think this creature is some sort of creature that has is not only massive but is also immortal in the sense that it keeps regenerating and regenerating and regenerating oh. and so it has been brought down and somehow bound and these people are harvesting it uh, so but to bring agony into it is not just the creature but inside this car- carriage there is a woman who is the oracle and to, for her to have her power she needs to drink the brain fluids of this creature and live in constant agony whilst just spouting the future so this is this is the situation that you you found yourself in 
this is your introduction to this setting, you're walking through the desert and you've come across this caravan with transporting the oracle to the source of her power, which is this this uh, the viscera of this uh, this giant creature. Mm. Shall we turn? Interesting. Uh, so, just ducking back for a second to mind, agony comes into it because you put salt in a wound. Uh, mm. That's ag- that's agonizing. I think that that. Could- think that it's interesting to make I mean, it a I mean, even just eating too much salt is pretty agonizing. Yeah, you wouldn't mm. want to do that. I think that, yeah, like the low the low fantasy sort of like minimal magical stuff could be really helpful for this sort of setting. There's the conceptual agony of just eating away at your currency, though. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It's just, yeah, oh, I'm so good at this. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think that the like the progression, the, the, the next step for this is obviously that conflicts arise over the resource and that that uh, that yeah, cities would be founded on salt mines, as is the case in human history, and that mm. uh, basically by working the trade routes and protecting people, and like having you can basically have your have the party be very involved in the development of civilization and the impact that uh, the trade routes and stuff have, because like it's kind of always very background. Uh, the kind of the the, wor- the inner workings of of the systems of the of a, of a game setting. I think that if you were to base a, like a campaign, possibly not a long one, but a campaign around the economics of a war mm. and of like the development of these civilizations and kind of yeah have have the impact of the players be felt in a more economic and civilizations development and yeah. development sort of way it would be interesting. I mean, taking that into account when you say war, mm. uh, I think it'd be very interesting, like these these cities built on salt mines, if suddenly they are, are mining and they discover that this same vein of salt has been mined out from another direction. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and they don't know and basically all around which, whichever way they go, they see that it's it's come in Everyone's Miners. mining towards this this salt hub. Yeah, like they thought that they had the rights to this mine because they had controlled this area, but it had people had pilfered yeah. their the reserves. Uh, so may, maybe that is the cause of this war. Yeah, or, yeah, or even just like quest line within it's just like who's been pilfering our salt? Um, it's or or you could work as like salt like smugglers or even or something. Yeah, like there's a, yeah, I think yeah. there's kind of basing. Basing it in like an economic, but also very practical way, is kind of an interesting way to start with. And you could all always like rest, have that ticking clock of like the city will crumble yeah. without salt. Without this reserve of salt, they yeah. can survive for maybe a year yeah. before they run it's out. It's of a currency. it's a boom, but yeah, it's, it'll end. Here's a situation: is that, uh, and it brings back into that in that the skeleton, rather than a creature that is still alive, there is. Their only food source is in a barren environment. This city's only food source is uh, a species of creature that comes around once in a blue moon. Mm. Um, in fact, maybe once in a couple of years. It's enormous. Um, but they need to preserve yeah. every single yeah, piece yeah. of this when it comes by because they're not sure when the next one will come. And that is why they need such enormous amounts of salt is for the present. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Activation of all the food that will be... All of yeah. the red meat that you if eat. You're in a de- if you're like in a desert, yeah, it'd be like very much. There's not going to be much fresh food as well. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, uh, I, I guess we should we should put a name on this city or this civilization. I don't know. It's not necessary. Yeah. Uh, Salzburg, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> a name that has never been used before. Yeah, no, yeah. Saltstopia. Yeah, saltastic. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, I guess it's 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 a very kind of conceptual, kind of vague sort of. I mean, idea we could just call it around. a city of salt. Or yeah, yeah, a like city that. of salt. Yeah, I think it's just it's more like a a vein that can run through a campaign setting. Is yeah. almost what I'm kind yeah. of thinking mm-hmm. for this one. Yeah. All right. Well, shall we? Shall we move on? Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I'm thinking this is. Uh, I want to call this uh, the Enchanted Cartel, uh, and so the uh, cartel. Yes. Mm. And the turn for this is once our players have put on the armor and this this cart and creatures have appeared behind them, they can now see the inscription on the cart, which is that if they if they manage to take this cart to its destination which is a, a war front, then they get to keep the armour and half of what is inside the car, the uh, carriage. Right, so someone's put it there so, so that someone that is not them has to take risk the, the travel. Risk the travel, exactly. But if they take it off, then they are solely responsible for the deaths of everyone on the war front. All right, all right. I think, I think, yeah. So if if they if they take it, so this is a way of introducing a storyline, yes. basically a, a quest uh, to it. I mean, because it's it's just one. Is there is there any other than the animals? It's just like goods and chattels in the in the wagon. Is it just a uh, just one carriage, or is it a caravan? Or I, ooh, I I had originally thought of it as one carriage, but actually an entire caravan that you lead would sort of bring this to a larger scale, wouldn't mm. it? If yeah. it's you only see the, the two pieces of armour or the four pieces of armour or whatever, but when they put them on, suddenly the entire caravan appears behind them, almost yeah. a ghostly caravan, which is a better name for this <laughs> segment as well. Um, Ghost wagon train, yeah. They they get to keep the um, some of the spoils of war. They're promised um, the, the uniforms and the equipment of soldiers. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. And so wherever they go, this caravan will follow. Um, I think. I think whether whether they keep the armor or not, this caravan's going to follow. This caravan. Them. So this caravan is now following them, yeah. no matter what, and uh, they have to take it to the war front or die trying. <laughs> Or, or just have this entire caravan walk it, following them <laughs> yeah. through a city. That's going to be and, fun in dungeons. Yeah, and people will like see just like you were supposed to. We know you, <laughs> you, you lead the dread caravan sort of thing. It's like you're the reason the war effort failed. Especially if you're traveling through like a, a war stricken, a war stricken area. Country. You have the 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 flags of uh, whoever <laughs> lost in front behind you. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, yeah. that's that's really interesting. Um, so I'm not sure where I wanted to go with the with the the oracle um, living in agony, but I think I think it's always a really fun fun thing to introduce to a game 
where someone is making prophecies and whether or not those prophecies are going to come true or whether you fight to thwart them mm. uh, and give your players that choice. And I guess as a DM, you have to figure out whether or not these are thwartable yeah, eventualities. If they're definite or if they're going to be altered. Yeah, or yeah, in, yeah. and like D&D or like dice rolling systems being what they are, like how you're going to deal with the fact that the players aren't going to do what you expect them to do. And also the dice might also not do what yeah, you want well, them to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be like you either you either need to be... You need to bargain for perfect success and perfect failure and still be able to make this happen or it needs to adapt. Yeah, well, it, yeah, it needs well, maybe, to be a super wishy-washy worded sort of thing. <laughs> it's just like, oh maybe, yeah, I guess I can... <laughs> it's like a horoscope. It's like, I guess that came to pass? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I... I did well in business, but not in love. Yeah. <laughs> Today, uh, no, you just and do the business you... was people, and the love was of money. Yeah. The, no, the, the prophecy is just a description of a traditional hero's journey. It's just like <laughs> you will enter a cave, but overcome it, and it's just like oh, I guess I kind metaphorically speaking, I did. Yeah. I guess like a tavern's a kind of cave. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, maybe the real of... cave was the friends <laughs> we made on the way. <laughs> Those are bad friends. That's not what the cave's supposed to be. <laughs> Instead of focusing on the prophecy, maybe we focus on. Like the maybe the various capabilities of this of this animal flesh, mm-hmm. um, because obviously it's too big to be like sufficiently guarded. So you need salt. It's so big. You know? <laughs> well, it's constantly regenerating. So it, it might be a bit of a thing where you're actively encouraged to go harvest because if it regenerates too much, it will then it will fight back. It will fight back. Um, so it's a it's a race to it's. It's a conservationist's nightmare. You have to harvest just enough that it doesn't grow back, but keep enough that it keeps growing back. We've got to cull those kangaroos. It's them kangaroos. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so maybe maybe it is uh, some sort of... Uh, this setting is, is about uh, getting the, this, this, these unknowing people to harvest this flesh and, and either do it on, be- on their behalf or if they're going to take it for themselves monstrous things that could happen if you if you consume it in any way mm. because if if the brain fluid gives prophecy perhaps the the muscle uh gives strength well it gives strength or just diarrhea make, or or you just like one arm grows entirely too big to be <laughs> oh we're to back to that is this again, three right? episodes ago is it three episodes we don't ago. release these in order so <laughs> who knows welcome to the cult of asymmetry um <laughs> But I guess it's really up up to the DM, like uh, I, I guess looking into the culture around the. Well, are we then harvesting bones to make weapons and armor? Yeah, yeah, or yeah, like I the, guess, the yeah. skin as well. Like, if, are you making le- like leather and tanning the skin is, of this beast? Is so. this skin an almost impenetrable leather? Are you, is, is this entire society like not only based around like feeding off of it, but like? Using all parts of this beast and stuff. I know? guess it would, be. and it's well, a weird. It's a weird resource in that yeah. you're not trying to keep it exclusively to yourself. You're inviting people to come mm. take from it because otherwise we're all gonna die. Can I pose something of scale? We've noticed this rib cage. You've said, yeah. Well, yeah. Car, can yeah. we imagine that this is part of a tail or a tendril, yeah, nice. and that the, <laughs> the entire civilization is built out of the larger bone? Something like a hip or a skull. Yeah, yeah. Maybe this. Maybe it was originally felled so long ago. Like they don't know how this incredibly large beast was felled, and they don't think they could do it again as well as. Yeah, well, absolutely. Maybe it was. Maybe it was some sort of 
uh, act of God of, of a god that yeah, killed this like mighty beast. It's like a continent-sized uh, monster. Could like be it. the act of a mighty beast that killed a god. Perhaps a yeah. god. I also a god I, in this form. I like to think of the, the, all the different things you could harvest from it. Like you could be very creative as well. So that like you harvest the you harvest from the eyes and stuff, and you're able to create. Like le- like lenses and stuff out of the yeah they are just yeah, like absolutely. or like this it maybe has scales maybe like the it's you go teeth, into the pits of the stomach the, the saliva yeah like you could like maybe it's like a million uses in one this creature I think that'd be a really interesting sort of thing to so explore. this is actually a a completely half devoured beast that keeps growing that we're yeah just pulling bits off yep. All right. Well, that's that's a that's a that's a turn. Um, which one do we want to look at a prestige for? I don't know how to prestige mine, to be honest. Yeah. Um, well, maybe. Well, it's low magic. Yeah. So I think the Int- prestige is twisting the world yeah. a little bit, and it's hard to do with low magic. Well, maybe the way you do that is to introduce like a bit a bit more high magic, and there's some monsters that Can like I... that feed on the salt, or maybe they're made of the salt monsters. Can I pose something? Go on. That the salt is not just salt as we know it. Yep. And your party that comes across this is wandering into a new land and discovers that this salt is actually dampening magic. And this this mm. society that's built on salt is actually completely unaware of what it's doing. They've they've never known magic. And so you have characters that are suddenly able to do these things and they are amazed. Mm. They don't know what's going on. Yeah, so it's like the you you cross the border and you're just like you're just like hey, have some of this salt. It's like this doesn't taste like what I know salt to be like. This, <laughs> this is actually kind of sweet. It's the opposite. What's going on here? Um, yeah, like having it. I think yeah, having it be called salt, but maybe it's not the salt that we know is an interesting idea. Yeah. Yeah. And so if that's the dampener, then maybe yeah. the people that are harvesting it are literally harvesting it to get rid of this dampening effect, so they can invade. Ah. And so it's actually the fact that this land is is so salt dependent is not dependence; it's defense. Yeah, um, yeah, or just like a happenstance that this this deposit has protected. been here, and so the the ancient people, all the people who settled here eventually settled here because they were safe from safe magic from magic users. users. Yeah. Why would it? Sorry, I'm, I'm, uh, is it the consumption of the salt that's dampening magic? Like, because if so, wouldn't that make people of the civilization vulnerable to outside people who have magic because they haven't been eating the salt? Well, if the people well, who are consuming it are uh, have their magic dampened, I would assume they also have resistance to that same magic. I mean, interesting, yeah, that could be... Uh, yeah. I, I think it's more and in the concentration of salt in the earth actually has okay. the dampening effect yeah, sure. atmospherically. Field, yeah. yeah, And so that, that's interesting for any role-playing that happens if you are crippling your magical characters. Mm-hmm. Take that magical characters. Yeah, screw you, wizards. <laughs> um, I mean, th- that's a one way to do it. Or, like you said, like have have magic reintroduced um, mm. in the form of like monsters or what have you that that kind of come up from these mines. Uh, if there are like salt elementals or mm. um, yeah, the, the neighboring pepper um, uh, <laughs> nation could attack. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm not sure a way. I think that it's 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 a little bit maybe a little bit snookers as a concept in that it's supposed to be kind of supposed to be a setting and not so much. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's not. It's also not supposed to be an elaborate setting. It's supposed to be like kind of 
you can apply real, this to yeah, your real world. world real world history kind of that doesn't get explored in fantasy settings kind of being brought in there yeah yeah well yeah. I, th- I think even just the prestige could just be that the salt really has nothing to do with the story it is yeah. everyone reacting to the salt and yeah. this resource um, it's just it's just like what the civilization is kind of built on and then you know when you take that happens. away yeah. what happens yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. okay Beautiful. Okay, so um, we've got this caravan uh, following behind us and we are eventually convinced that we have to make it to the to the warfront. Get to the warfront. We get to the warfront and it turns out that whoever is at the front lines doesn't want to share those weapons or that armour. <laughs> they don't want to give you what you've been promised and, and so you have to fight with them or you have to leave empty-handed. See, I think a great prestige for this one would be that the war was fought 50 years 50, ago. 1,000 years, years ago. ago. <laughs> and that everyone is already dead. Uh, and so to make the delivery, you need to call up the ghost or resurrect someone oh. to make the delivery so that you're not carrying this burden forever. Or, or maybe uh, it's maybe maybe the battle is cursed in some way and both sides are still fighting. They've yeah, been fighting for years, yeah. and mm. you turn the tide by by better equipping one side. Maybe like the, maybe this equipment is in some way enchanted to be able to turn the tide of this cursed battle or something. Yeah, to to kind of bring it back to the ghost caravan yeah, sure. idea that you had in the ghosts that yeah, people the yeah, battle yeah. long fought is bringing this actually brings back the army but with no opposing force and you've just created the next big bad <laughs> so yeah so you've brought back a ghost army and they look around to see where they want to conquer or maybe yes. maybe and you have their wep- some weapons and armor they've thanked you but you've just <laughs> unleashed a terrible force upon the world or maybe you're maybe as a dm you're kind of getting over this campaign you're kind of letting things get a bit silly maybe you just give your party an army and then you're just like hey these guys are <laughs> hey, on your side now what uh, are you going to do yeah uh, yeah cool that's 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 something that your party has now and Guess maybe we're invading brazil yeah maybe <laughs> things get a little bit crazy in your campaign that could be a fun way to go um not sure we should be encouraging people, like like necessarily aiming towards people who are sick of their campaigns with these plot hooks. But you know, oh I well. mean, the end of one campaign is, is usually the beginning, the beginning of, the of another. Yeah, it's uh, like everyone rolls a new character that's the opposite of their previous one because they were so sick of playing a paladin <laughs> they just want to be a warlock. Uh, my favorite, well, not my favorite, but my first character was a paladin, and I liked her until she died. Oh, yep. So it was sad. So how do we prestige? Your, um, I think the creature has to come back to life, right? How oh, is it dead? Well, well it's, it's not dead. It's, it's sort just, of in stasis. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's bound and weakened. I miss that. Yeah, my my idea was that it was just so uh, thoroughly harvested at this point that it can't do anything. Like it's just like yeah, they've already got absolutely. The it's, so, it's, so it's conscious the whole time. Was my thought. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So it is. It's, it's conscious and it keeps regenerating. But like that's they keep getting people in to take from it or otherwise it will regenerate to a point where it can revive itself and fight back and in so a more it revives way. it revives itself well yeah i i think i oh, don't that. know why or who I, i've got an idea oh please you were saying something. oh yeah um okay it revives itself and it starts regenerating at enormous rates that you can't keep up with and the beast closes around the party 
<laughs> and you have to, fight, you have to fight your way out of this enormous beast. Every, I think a lot of campaigns, are like it's it's always building to a point where you wind up inside a monster. That's, that's <laughs> something, yeah. Um, my idea would be that, um, so, you know, everyone's coming in, they're harvesting it. It's kind of it's kind of borderline harmonious, the way that everyone's just getting their resources in this thing. And then it's less harmonious and a war breaks out and suddenly yeah. they're not, like the harvesting effort is is lessened by the fact that there's now this conflict happening and people are like trying to stop the war because they see what's coming because the creature is growing back yeah like with all of these so, like beat your saws into plowshares and plow some skin out of this monster <laughs> or it's going to regenerate and then maybe uh, maybe the party helps with the diplomacy or maybe they help one side of the war win so they can get back to harvesting or maybe or maybe fail. your crazy druid wants the creature revived oh twist becomes best friends with it <laughs> the and crazy destroys druid. the army are, du- are druids <laughs> the bad guys in our like we, like this is yes. the third time that in this re- like when this recording like <laughs> block that we've had druids just ruining everything I think it's because we so often pit man against nature and druids yeah. are the representative of nature they are that yeah. and we are biased towards man well, and yet the druids are gen- generally like among the most thematic mm. as far as, um, which is makes playing them very difficult sometimes. Also, I love that we've taken this, which is a very like tight image, and we've made big bads. <laughs> yeah. Expansive world ending <laughs> fights. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, it's it's you know it's just some guys the leading the leading a ram with a cart and it's just like no the world's ending the world's ending I'm sorry guys run <laughs> sorry now we cart. have a ghost army yeah yeah all right well that's been us again for this week if you want to use any of those concepts in your own games feel free to uh, if you want to use them for anything else or share the word please get in touch with us first we are released under a Creative Commons license which means that you can use it privately but not publicly uh, so get in touch with if you don't know what that means. You can also find more information about that and all the rest of the podcasts on this network at that'snotcanon.com. If you want to get in touch with us, if you have some artwork perhaps that you want to submit for inspiration, uh, you can send us an email at podcast underscore hooked at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Thanks again, Dom, for coming along. Thank you. I like the idea of people submitting their their fan art that's been inspired by our, by our ideas, which were inspired by magic cards. I like the cyclical sort of, yeah. That's what we're here about. We're here to recycle. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Reduce, re- Reduce, reuse, we're recycle, reanimate. Yeah, we like to, we, we recycle those giant monsters <laughs> while they're conscious and in agony. And thank you as well, Tully. Thank you for having me. And we'll be here same time, same place next week. Until then, everyone. Bye. Bye. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.